Today's episode of the Locked On Royals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagaras. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And if you want to email the show, if you do not have Twitter, you can email the show LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. So on today's show, I really wanted to get into Blake Snell the players, the owners, and if we're going to see baseball happen this year. If that's going to be, you know, if there's going to be a season period. And, you know, at one time when this first started, I thought there's no way that we don't play some baseball this year. But now that option is becoming more and more likely that we don't see the players on the diamond this year. So that's an interesting point I want to get to. If we have time, we'll also start what if week part two, but I have a lot of what ifs and you know, I want to spend a lot of time on them later on in the week as well, but I really want to get into the players and the owners and what goes into all that. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar because Built Bar has been an incredible sponsor of this show. They've sent us, every host on the network, they've sent us a package of Built Bars for free to try out all their flavors, to try out the product, and I've got to tell you, they're incredible. For just 110 calories... For 3 grams of sugar, for low carbs, only 3 grams of carbs, this protein bar is everything you need. It's covered in chocolate. It tastes like a candy bar. My personal favorite has to be the banana nut bread. I cannot get enough of the banana nut bread protein bar from Built Bar. Every single flavor I've tried has been awesome. And if you've ever tried protein bars before, they normally have that chalky taste in your mouth. Normally, it's just something that you need to... Figure out a way to get it down, whether you heat it up or just try to down it and then drink a lot of water afterwards. This is an enjoyable experience for you. You can use it before workout, after a workout. You can use it as a meal itself. To, you know, It's that filling that you can replace an entire meal with just one Built Bar for 110 calories. So it's been great to have. I'm going to order me some more right now on BuiltBar.com. When you do for your first order from BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off. Again, promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So I wanted to get into the ongoing battle right now between the players and the owners. And surprisingly, a lot of you guys are siding with the owners. And I just do not understand that. I really don't. Uh, But I talked about it briefly last week, and I really want to get into it right now as we've seen more players like Blake Snell, Bryce Harper, and and, and people like that speak out against the issue. Because it is a a two-sided coin even for the players themselves because you have the guys like a Mike Trout who's getting 
you know, $300 million, $400 million. And then you have guys like a Brett Phillips who just won, you know, the MLB The Show tournament. He's a fringe major leaguer. He's not making big money. And he's going to want to play. He's going to want to do whatever he can to get a paycheck. So, I mean, there's two different sides of this just within the players. And then on top of that, you have the owners who are trying to implement a 50-50 revenue share. And you see that in basketball with the NBA. You see revenue sharing and salary caps in the NFL as well. But, you know, revenue sharing has been a model that works for the NBA. Uh, but, you know, the, the Baseball Player Association, MLBPA, has fought a long time to eliminate revenue sharing, to eliminate salary caps, to allow players to make what they're worth. And to agree to revenue sharing now after the two sides a month ago agreed to the prorated contracts. I remember how excited that I was on that podcast talking about how, hey guys, this is a big deal because the owners and the players have not seen eye to eye recently. And many, many people speculated that next year we'd have a lockout again. Next year, the CBA would not go as well and we'd see a delay next year as well. Uh, but the fact that they came together so quickly during a pandemic and, and agreed to the prorated deals, agreed to, you know, trying to trim up the salaries as much as possible without also implementing a, a revenue sharing was incredible. It was it was amazing. And, of course, it fell through. I, I'm not sure how you can agree upon something, you know, the prorated deals. I don't know how you can agree upon that and then not follow through with them a month later. Uh, but that's what the owners did. So before you go throwing stones at players and saying, hey, you guys should just play no matter what, you're still making more than I'm making, this isn't about you or me, okay? We, we would love to have a fraction of Mike Trout's salary. We would love to have 0.11% of Mike Trout's salary. It's about comparing it to the players and comparing it to what you put in, comparing it to the major leagues. The bottom line here is, if Mike Trout or somebody like that takes less money, the fans are not gaining anything. Only the billionaire owners are gaining from that. Only the billionaire owners gain from a 50-50 revenue sharing format. We don't. So who am I to care about if Mike Trout or Blake Snell or any of these guys want to fight for as much money as they can get whenever they're the reason that we're watching? Now that the Royals have been sold... And then, of course, tragically, Mr. Glass passed away. But now that the Royals have been sold, can you name who the Royals' own owner is? Can you right now tweet me, at Ryland underscore Styles, who the Royals' owner is without Googling it? You can tell me the starting lineup, I'm sure. You can tell me the 26-man roster right now off the top of your head. That's who you pay to see. That's who, that's who makes the game popular. That's who makes the game fun to watch. And that's why you go to Coffin Stadium. That's why you watch it on Fox Sports Kansas City. It's not the owners. So baseball players realized that a long time ago and fought to get every penny that they could, fought to eliminate revenue sharing and to get paid what they deserved. They finally get what they deserve. And now the owners want to do a 50-50 split. And it's a slippery slope if you agree to that this year because then they're going to want to try to pin, pinball it back into the standardized way of moving forward of just always having revenue sharing. And again, the worst part about this is this is not their first plan. It's not like they're just now sitting down and saying, hey, listen, we're going to lose so much money. We need to do revenue sharing. It's, it, we, will, we will literally lose all of our money if we don't. They've already agreed to prorate the contracts for however many games they got to play this year. They did that last month. Did anyone think we'd be playing baseball right now in May? Did any one of you think that baseball would be happening right now? 
I don't think so. Because I sure didn't. I I was skeptical we'd be playing baseball in June. And, you know, hopefully with this new plan that we in spring training in June, you know, spring training 2.0. But I cannot see how the owners now, a month later after agreeing to prorate the deals, are now saying it would cost them too much. If your sport cannot withstand losing half a season of product, you don't have a good sport. You don't have a good foundation. You don't have a good revenue stream. And this whole time, mind you, if you've been really digging into the numbers here, year after year after year after year, baseball is putting out this narrative that, hey, we're gaining more money than ever. We're gaining more money than ever. And it's true, they are gaining more money than ever, despite people saying the sport is dying. But now that they can find a way to finagle the contracts, now they're saying, well, we actually don't have a lot of money. And I think that if you break it down of, of how much money that they're going to lose, having no fans in the stands, having having all the restrictions of you know this weird season, each team would lose $133 million. You gave Gil Mesh $100 million 10 years ago. I think you can handle losing $113 million for a year. I think you can handle that. I really do. Without just annihilating player salary. And I get some of the frustration of, you know, you just want to see baseball on the TV and you think that these guys are overpaid. The bottom line is, though, you can say, well, why is Blake Snell making this much money? Why is Mike Trout making $400 million? Okay, but that has nothing to do with anything. That money is not going to go from the owners to your pocket or the owners to a good cause like teachers or nurses or doctors or whoever, you know, whatever noble fight you want to fight. They're not going to move that money from Mike Trout's pocket into those people's pockets. They're just spreading around what the players rightfully earned from revenue and everything like that without having a cap on it, without having a, a, a ceiling on their own earning powers. And let's not forget how owners get away with a ton leading up to that point. Minor leaguers cannot afford to live. Minor league baseball players cannot afford to live. Your first six years in professional baseball, if you can just hold on for six years, which is hard to do, you don't get paid anything. You get paid the minimum no matter how good you are. No matter how good you are, you get paid the minimum. And then you can go to arbitration and and, and move that number up. But you're not going to get your big payday for six years. And then especially in this draft class where they're already talking about limiting, you know, signing bonuses and deferring signing bonuses and, and you know, maneuvering the, the books a little bit to where you're not paying it all up front, these draft picks upcoming will not make as much money as even a Bubba Starling, who is a complete and total failure and could hardly get on the field until he's, what, 40 years old. So the owners are fine here. Let's not... Let's save the, the, the tissues for the people that actually need it. Let's save the, the world's smallest violin for the people who actually need it played. The owners are fine. If they lose 133 whatever million dollars per team, that's fine. Even the Royals, even the lowly Tampa Bay Rays, whatever team you want to throw out there, they can afford it. And if you can't, sell the team. Sell the team. Now, they couldn't afford it if it goes on for a year or two, you know, two-plus two years of no baseball. Then, yeah, you can't afford that. 
but you can afford losing 80 games, especially whenever you've already agreed to prorate these contracts. It's insane. It's insane. And that's why we might not see baseball this year. You know, you see California today saying that, you know, they're going to allow pro sports to return. Texas is allowing pro sports to return, which really helps baseball's plan of playing in home ballparks. So they were on the right track in everything before the revenue sharing. And, you know, you can say whatever you want to about Blake Snell, but if he's owed, say, $5 million this year, and if he comes back, he'll lose over half of that. Is it worth it to, to go out there and, and and risk, you know, health issues and risk, you know, your health for half of what you're supposed to be getting whenever you're a non-essential employee? Baseball is not essential. Basketball is not essential. It's It would be amazing to have it. You're talking to somebody who's podcasting about basketball and baseball every single day. It'd be awesome. But it's not essential to those people and those lives that... They're, they should be risking their life or risking health issues for themselves or even their family members to put on a product that's entertaining. And especially in baseball, where they're not trying to do a bubble format. And I, and I don't see how that's going to work where you're not doing you know, a, a controlled campus-like environment the way the NBA is talking about doing. But bottom line here is, before you go throwing stones at Blake Snell or any other player, remember that they're not making... You know, remember that they're not costing you anything. They're costing the billionaire owners. And this is like the only industry in the world where we side with the rich people. We side with the people making more money and exploiting some talent. This is like the only industry in the world where we do that is sports, where we always side with the owner. He'll be fine. If he has to pay $133 million, he'll be fine. I promise. You do not make investments in baseball teams if you won't be fine. And if you aren't, sell a team, and that's fine too. But this podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at the audiobook edition of the book 42, Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In a reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares his inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. While they regard as the greatest all-around player in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages a lifetime of experiences meeting challenges with positive, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword from Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and co-author John Shea. Whether you're missing your favorite players on the field or you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is an inspirational story from a living legend. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now, wherever audiobooks are sold. Again, that's 24. Life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. So that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Royals podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can also email the show if you don't have Twitter. That's LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about what-if scenarios In Kansas City Royals history, we'll also do that again the following day to conclude What If Week. Right now, though, you can listen to Locked On MLB for the national perspective of all of baseball from my good friend Sully over there on Locked On MLB. does a great job, so be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network.